It's Haley Ryan. What's up, guys? And on the podcast today, you get to hear from a straight up boss, Miss Chelsea Scott. Chelsea is the CEO of a business that she started all on her own. Chelsea is also a grad student at Georgetown University, so you could say that she's got a lot on her plate. Chelsea chats with James on her passions and her busy schedule. So if maybe you need some tips on time management, then don't go anywhere and tune in for this episode with Chelsea on the pregame podcast. What's going on, everybody? Back at it. Here today, we have Chelsea Scott. Chelsea, what's going on? Glad to have you. Thank you. Glad to be here. How are you? Everything's going well. You know, Chelsea, when I saw that you were accepted to be a part of the Winning Edge Game Changing Retreat, my heart was truly filled with joy, being that I remember when you first reached out to me asking about what the experience was like. Yeah, um, I was so excited. I followed... um the Instagram pages from last year. And I actually missed the deadline last year. I was in New York. Um, So I was following their pages and I saw that you actually were a part of the retreat. So um, when I met you at Georgetown, I was so excited to like ask you and pick your brain on how it went. So yeah, I was really excited to apply this year. (laughs) Right, right. And um, the one thing that I got from that, you taking the initiative to reach out to me and just looking at your resume and what you've done um, throughout your career, the one thing I can say is that, Chelsea, it seems like you're a go-getter. Is that true? Yes, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I see here that you ran track at, um, not Temple, but at um, St. John University? Yes. How how was that experience? Um, It was actually good. I've actually been running track for six years now. Um, so coming out of high school and going straight into college athletics, I always knew I wanted to be a student athlete. Um, so it was a smooth transition. I've always been into sports. I played volleyball, um, and ran track in high school. So when I went to St. John's, it was like a no brainer. Um, Mm -hmm. the only thing I can say, it was so busy because I was in New York and there's so much to do, but I actually really loved everything about it. Right, right. Now, what events did you actually run? Um, so I was a sprinter, so I did the 100 and 200 um, for outdoor and for indoor. I did the 60 meters and as well as the 200 as well for indoor. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Um, did you ever go on to compete at the NCAA nationals level or within the Big East Conference? Did you win any championships? Yeah. So I actually did participate in the Big East Conference. Um, every year we have that. And um, something that's super exciting, I've always went and I go every year, even though um, track is over for me now, um, pin relays. Um, that's right. super huge for everyone in the track world. And even people who don't necessarily run um, happens every single year um, in Pennsylvania. I've always been a part of that. And that's such an exciting experience for us. Right, right. Gotcha. I'm always fascinated with people that run track and have the utmost respect for track runners because actually in middle school, I ran track myself, but I ended up on the mile. Oh, really? Wow. How'd you like that? (laughs) It it was, I'll tell you this, after that experience, I knew track wasn't for me. (laughs) (laughs) I knew track wasn't for me after that experience, but no, that's awesome. How was the experience there being in New York in a big city, going to school there? How did how did you take advantage of that? It was actually one of the best experiences of my life. Coming 
out of um, Maryland, I'm from PG County, Maryland, um, which is mm-hmm. somewhat of the suburbs. It's kind of local around um, the DC metropolitan area, but it's not in the city. Um, so I'm a suburban kid. Um, it was it was a bit of a transition. We're um, a lot of people don't know St. John's is in Queens. It's not in Manhattan, so it's still okay. kind of um, you know neighboring the city. So it wasn't too bad, but um, New York is is it's an aggressive place to jump into. So right. um, I really did like it though. Um, I knew I wanted to go away for college. I know I didn't want to stay local. And I think that that helped me grow and helped me mature and become the person that I am today. So I'm Absolutely. so thankful for that opportunity. And I would love to go back to visit. I don't know if I would live there ever again, but it was fun. <laughs> Right, right, absolutely. And so now that you, that you have transitioned from St. John, and now I see here that you're at Georgetown, actually, have you gotten any backlash for for going from one oh, Big yeah. East rival to another? Oh yeah, every day, <laughs> every day, um, my professors are on me. Um, whether that's in class at a game, especially at the games, um, right? Because I'm I am tr- a true diehard um, St. John's fan. So, mm-hmm. and St. John's doesn't have a football team. So basketball is our sport. Like we, we love everything about basketball. So when it comes to the games, I'm like, Ooh, like, should I wear St. John's gear or should I wear Georgetown gear or should I wear both? And everyone's like, okay, right. yeah, no, you're a trigger, pick a side. <laughs> absolutely, um, so, absolutely. But it's fun. It's a fun rivalry. Um, and especially with it being such, you know, it's history behind that rivalry. It's, mm-hmm. it's interesting. And, I do love both teams, um, Georgetown being my home team since I am from here. I kind of pick and choose. It depends, but I really do like the rivalry. It's fun. Right. Now, how has your experience um, been at Georgetown there in the sports industry management program working on your master's? How how has that experience been? It's been fun. It's been so fun. Everyone is so welcoming. The professors are like mentors to me. Um, there's no such thing as a bad question. Everyone feels like family, even with you, um, reaching out was, was easy. It's like everyone wants to help. And that's where I feel like I'm accepted. And this is where I need to be. Um, sports have always been my passion. So finally being able to study and, and really dive in deep to something that I'm so passionate about is like, so, so fun. Like I actually enjoy and look forward to going to class. It's not like a job or like I'm dragging myself to get there. I really do like it. Like I enjoy all my classes. I'm learning new things that I never thought I would be interested in. My classmates are like best friends to me now. So it's been a great ride so far. Right, right. Gotcha. And I see here, not only are you there taking advantage of the academic experience, but you're actually involved in some extracurricular activities. I hear, I see that you're the director of the Black Graduate Student Alliance. Yes. So um, when I first got to campus, um, you know, I was looking for new clubs and things to join. So um, I actually reached out to a few people that were on the main campus and some of the people that were in the law school and medical schools. And I found out about um, the Black Rat Student Alliance. And so they're basically helping network with minorities um, that do attend Georgetown University and, you know, just having events and hosting events so that we're all like interconnected and making sure we support one another. So I really, really think that's a great initiative that the university has because everyone's working together and, you know, loving on each other and making sure that we stay up and and get things done. 
Absolutely. Um, are there any challenges that you're presented with in that leadership position? Um, no, not necessarily because we do have a great team. Um, mm -hmm. so we have people on each board that, um, are in the school of continuing studies, which I'm in for the sports industry management program. And then, like I said, we have people in the medical school. We have people in the law school, people getting their MBA. So everyone is, is doing something different and there's always a connection or network to get where you need. So our team is really helpful and I'm so thankful for that. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. I also see here where you are the communications manager for the AIM Sports Conference. Yes, yes. So that's actually happening next month in March. I'm extremely excited for that. Um, the president and CEO of the AIM Sports Conference is one of my dear friends, Marlon. Um, he right. actually just finished up his program with you. That's what your yeah, friends as well. Boy, that's my boy. <laughs> yeah. So he's he's a great person. Um, I knew about the conference before I even knew that I was going to Georgetown. So I knew that if I did get accepted and I was heading to Georgetown, I really wanted to be a part of that. So Right away, I reached out to Marlon and applied, um, you know, went through the interview process and everything has been smooth, like smooth, smooth sailing since then. I love Marlon, love working with the team, and I think it's going to be a great conference this year. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, Chelsea, as I was reading your um, your bio, I came upon a quote that that you said, and I just want to read it out right quick. You said what was once my life led me on a journey where doors were both open and closed. Roads were blocked, then reconstructed. But through it all, lessons were learned and I landed and I landed my calling. Now, earlier on, I jokingly said how I was put on the mile in middle school, right? Right. Right. But now as I look back on that mile race, it sort of reminds me of how life is. That mile race that I ran, it was a strategic race. You couldn't sprint every lap as in a sprinter where you're able to basically sprint the whole race. Right. That mile, there were times where you, you had to jaw, times where you had to pick it up. You had people that you were competing beside. And that's sort of how life is. It's not something that you just sprint through. Right. So this journey that you've been on, let's let's talk about that a little bit. What what were the challenges that you were presented with and how did you land your calling? Yeah, so that's actually a quote that I live by. Life is such it's a marathon. Like you said, it's never mm -hmm. a sprint. Um, you can't pay attention to who's in the lane beside you because it's going to slow you up. So um, I've I definitely live by that. Um, it's been it's been a challenge, um, but it's also been a blessing as well. Um, me trying to break into the sports industry hasn't been easy, but like right. I said, it's been such a blessing. The people that I've met along the way have, you know, helped me in ways that I wouldn't even imagine. And it's like everything is, you know, a blessing in disguise. So with me being a triple minority in the industry, I'm right. 22 years old, black, right. and I'm a girl. So um, right. I face challenges often. And it's like, you always have to look at it as, okay, what, what can I learn from this situation? So I don't right. take my L's as, you know, losses, but definitely as lessons. So, right. you know, hearing a no, instead of getting down on myself or, you know, seeing it as a door close, it's, it's just another door that's supposed to be open. What's for me is going to be for me. And I've learned to take that, you know, take it on the chin and keep moving. So right. it's definitely right. been been a good a good race and you know i'm looking forward to everything that's coming up soon 
Absolutely. Now let's let's talk about something you just said. You being a triple minority young African American woman, you you stated that it's a struggle trying to break into the sports industry. Why do you think that is? Um, because the industry has been so male dominated, and mm-hmm. um, you know, sports. When you do look at sports, for the most part, you're used to seeing men, um, and you're used right. to seeing um. Caucasian men at that who are in the front offices and who are, you know, making all the calls. So to see someone who's the exact opposite age, gender, ethnicity, it's, it's, it's different for most people, you know, it's getting there and people are becoming comfortable with it. But sometimes I, I do see that it is hard for people to take women seriously in this industry. So that's a huge passion of mine is supporting women uplifting women, empowering women, you know, to be in those executive roles and to be the ones making the calls and be taken seriously because we do the same amount of of work. So, you know, it's definitely a struggle, but you know, we're getting there. So, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I see here where you want to go into athletic marketing and representation, right? Yep. Is that, is that at the pro or collegiate level? Where do you want to, where can you see yourself right now going with that? I want to say both, but definitely starting out in collegiate athletics. So, um, yeah, with me being a student athlete and you as well, um, you know, we often see that when we're in college, we're so focused on our sport that sometimes we lack on, you know, what's going on behind the scenes and what's life after college. So, you know, it's not too many of us that do get to make it pro. So what are we going to do afterwards? So that's, right. you know, a huge initiative that I choose and want to take is helping student athletes transition into the real world and life after sports, because there is a career, there is an opportunity in sports, whether that's, you know, playing or being on an athletic directing staff or something like that. Mm-hmm. I just want to help student athletes, you know, gear towards what they want to do after sports. Right. It's interesting you said that because um I don't know if you know, but for my capstone research presentation, I actually did um the factors that cause low graduation rates for African-American male student athletes, predominantly at power five institutions. So your ACC, Big Ten, SEC, Pac-12 and um Big Ten schools. And one of the things that I was finding is that African-American male student athletes weren't graduating at the same rate as the student athlete general body and student athletes. I mean, the general student body and student athletes overall. And so I think it's something that needs to be done in which we're garnering student athletes to see themselves as being just more than athletes, but opening up their eyes to see that there's so much more you can do. Um while in college that will help you prepare for life after college right right and I remember yeah yeah, I remember we talked about that and that was such a huge project and I'm so proud of you because people need to you know take a look at what's really going on outside of their sport and you know there are so many internships and you know you have career services but so many people don't utilize what they have because they're not educated on it or they just don't pay too much attention to it Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I know you said you want to go into athletic marketing and representation, but when I was going through your resume, I see here where you were actually a management trainee with Enterprise. And during that um, management trainee process, you were actually ranked number three out of 48 in the region yes. um, on month, on three month sales, customer service 
And you're also ranked number one out of 13 in the DC metro um, area for merchandising and customer service. What was that experience like and how did you rise in the ranks to where you were? Right. So it's always so funny when people ask me, how did I end up working for Enterprise? And, um, you know, that was an internship that I first started and then I went into full time. So right. um, what I can say about that job and that position is they train you like no other. They're, they right. have the perfect, perfect training for customer service. So um, when I was there, I really got to, you know, hone in on what makes the perfect customer happy. So, you know, you always have your 10 percenters, um, the people who are just going to be angry no matter what. But, you know, right. other than that, there's so many ways to make the customer happy. And that's what they focus on in training. So um, I think what I really took back from that is learning your customer and learning your audience. So um, with that position, you never know what type of customer you're going to get. So always just being prepared and being on your toes, knowing your product, mm -hmm. knowing what you sell, knowing how to respond to rebuttals, just being so educated on your products and your services that, you know, you have no option but to make the customer happy. You always have a yes mentality, always have an answer, you know, handling yourself correctly and, you know, just taking it day by day. You never know what type of day you're going to have. So learning your customer has been such a huge thing for me. So customer service is like extremely big. Absolutely. I also see here, and I'd be remiss if I didn't mention this where you are the IROC Fitness CEO and you help develop a grant program designed to promote fitness through diet and exercise for youth age 10 through 14. How yes. did, what, what made you um, decide to do that? How, how did you even start that? So I actually went to a high school called Bishop McNamara um, in Maryland. It's in Forestville, Maryland. Um, so okay. I'm, a Mustang. That's our mascot. Um, <laughs> right. So in high school, like most high schools, they require you to get service hours. So, you know, doing community okay. service here and there. So um, I, I started out doing um, things at like soup kitchens and helping out at, like clothing drives. And that was cool. Mm -hmm. um, but I knew I wanted to do something that I was actually really passionate about and was going to really give my time and effort into. So um, my parents and I, we decided to start a grant and we named it IROC Fitness and it was um, funded. And so we partnered with the YMCA um, in Alexandria, Virginia and Subway. So I just worked with like inner city kids who couldn't really afford summer camps. And it was a free workshop um, every Saturday. Right. And so we would work with the kids and do like yoga, Pilates, gym sessions, arts and crafts, things like that, just to keep people, you know, motivated and letting kids know that there's you know, there's other things to do outside of summer camps and there's other ways to be involved with sports and fitness at a young age because it is important to get involved with these things while we're young. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. That's that's awesome. Um, And it's interesting you say you, you're working with inner city kids, right? Right. What what is the socioeconomic status of majority majority of the kids that you're working with? Do you know? Um, So it's usually minorities. Um, We do mm -hmm. have a few. Um other students and kids that work with us, but um, it's majority minority kids. Um, they're preteens and, you know, young teenagers and they're so excited and they just want to be around each other. Like it's, it's so right. funny. They just want to be around each other. They want to play outside. 
um, you know, they, they're active at that age. So it's not like right, you, have right. to, you have to beg them to go outside. They want to go outside. They want to be moving around. So it's, it's actually really fun. And, you know, you get to mentor these kids. And when the workshops are over, you still stay in contact with them. So it's been so much fun. I still keep in contact with a lot of my kids that I work with there. So it's cool. It's fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and last but not least, I also see up here where you're a part of Grandma's Girl and yeah. one of the initiatives that you put together. Well, two of the initiatives that you work on are coordinating weekly Bible study meetings with the elderly and right. also helping young girls develop a passion, a passion for reading. Right. So Grandma's Girls was also founded by my family, um, my sister mm -hmm. and I and our parents. We founded that as well. So um, okay. basically, we would go to um, elderly homes and we would bring them, you know, lunch and dinner and we would just sit mm -hmm. with them because, you know, a lot of people don't realize um, the people that do stay at these homes. There is not too many people that come and visit them besides their family members. Um, you know, so they just want people to talk to and to keep them company. So we really focus on that. And I have, um, you know, my grandmother, my grandparents live in Georgia, so I don't get to see them as often. But I know, right. you know, it's such a big thing to just have someone to talk to. So we would Absolutely. go to these. Yeah. Yeah. So we would go to these homes and, you know, read to them. And we would have um, young girls. They're preteens as well. Young teenagers, preteens mm -hmm. um, come and we would just read to them, hold Bible study sessions and just talk, watch TV, dance, just keep everyone entertained. So that's that's actually really one of my passions as well is, you know, helping the elderly and making sure that you know, they have company and yeah. Right, right. No, that's big because um, I currently teach um, fifth grade, fifth grade at the elementary school level here in um, Portsmouth, Virginia. And the one thing that breaks my heart is that none of my students are actually reading on a fifth grade level. And it's not so much their fault, but some of it has to do with them having the influence in their life that's pushing them to want to read and inspiring them to read. So seeing that you're doing that and reaching these young girls at such a young age is truly um, inspiring and impactful, I believe. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. But um, that's now that we're through all of the, the resume questions and your career aspirations is one question that we have, we have to address while we're up here. You're going to be a part of the 2019 Winning Edge Game Changing Retreat cohort. The question is, what will you be bringing to the Winning Edge Game Changing Retreat? Um, well, I know that I'll be bringing such high energy um, mm -hmm. networking. I'm, I'm so excited to meet everyone that's going to be in the cohort, all my mentors, um, the fellow, the fellow cohort members as well. I know there's, you and also Ari, I believe, um, who's from right. this area. So I'm so excited just to meet everyone and just meet with fellow student athletes and really get to meet people like me, seriously. So um, <laughs> I'm, I'm just excited. I was so excited when I found out. I remember I texted you like right away, like, oh, my God. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Absolutely. I'm, yeah, I'm just so excited and um, just reading all the tasks and everything. The books, actually, mm -hmm. I've actually read two or three of the books already that are on our book list. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm just getting really prepared and I'm super excited for June. Sounds good. Well, Chelsea, it's been great speaking with you. I look forward to seeing you in June as we keep inspiring to change the game. 
thank you so much. It was so nice speaking with you. All right. Take care. You as well. Thanks. I hope you enjoyed that episode of the pregame podcast. Make sure to follow our Instagram and Twitter handles at the We Leadership. Find us on LinkedIn and Facebook or check out our website, winningedgeleadership.org. And don't forget, you can always search hashtag WeGameChange on any social media platform. All right, I'll catch you at our next episode.